L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's the acronym for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thank you for having me on once again, ready to do this film. Let's get down. I am getting a migraine. You can tell it's 2022 because Carl's insistent every week to kick off the show, thanking me that he's a guest on his own show. Because Carl. I don't want to get tied down. I don't want to, like, impose myself. You we know, just heard your theme song. Yes, yes. Right. We I haven't uh, written one in a long time. I'm a slacker. Oh, you mean the theme song that goes, hey, I've been doing it for over one long single year. year. One single year. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, the movies that we commandeer here on Let's Watch a Full Night <laughs> Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hey, we're Mike Spiegelman and Carl. We did a public access show on Jersey Cable in 1991, and now right. we're on the podcast tip. We're broadcasting first. We stream first on mutinyradio.fm, which you're listening to right now. Uh, we do this every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. Good day, buddy. Good day, buddy. The correct time. Okay. Uh, it's like uh, the correct time is like the 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, no mm -hmm. doubt. Uh, we are, wow, what great comedy we provide. We do this every Sunday. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We're going to talk over the movie. Carl, being our guest, has researched this movie, watched it several times, and uh, is going to let us know about this crazy film. We want you to watch this movie on YouTube. Listen to us at the same time. You're doing this either on Mutiny Radio, here Sunday o'clock, following Round Found Sound. Sound oh, Round Found. Yeah, I'm Steve. Learning. Yeah. And also, I should mention... Our pal Luke Sayer, what's really happening? Yes. I think it's on Twitch now. Okay. We'll have I'm more learning. details. But he's out there. His show is still out there. So look for that Luke Sayer. And also Paul Brumbaugh, who used to do the yes. show before us. He's running uh, the Edge Studios here in San Francisco, where FCC Free Radio used to broadcast from. Uh -huh. In the Oddfellow building on Market Street in 7th. You That's know why amazing. they call it Oddfellow? It has three bars. It has this weird rickety elevator. It's okay. got cage uh, uh, stairs. It's like <laughs> straight out of like 1930 weird. Is it like those old timey electric switches? And yeah, they, they have to have an elevator operator to handle it. And you go in the basement oh, where man. it's crazy, man. So yeah, 
we're all doing well. Anyway, so you, we want you to listen to us on mutinyradio.fm on Sundays. We want you to subscribe to our podcast by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T-T. And then also Carl thinks the movie and our podcast and posts it on our YouTube channel, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. So we would love for you if you're watching us right now. Hello. Hi. And uh, we want you to subscribe and like and be, do good. Do no evil. So, Carl, what is the movie this week? Uh, this week? I, I thought you were doing... Okay. The oh, wait, really? The French, They Are a Funny Race. No, not really. That's next week. That's next the week. French, They Are a Funny Race, 1955. It's a long thing to type in, but you really got to type it all the way. The uh, French full disclosure, comedy. I had to use my PlayStation 4 controller to type the French, they are a funny race. Oh man, the QWERTY keyboard or whatever. That must no, the, the the triangle and the square and the circle <laughs> and the X. It's crazy. Yeah, that's cray cray. The channel we like is half forgotten movies. Okay, so it's the French comma. They are a funny race, and the French aren't a race. God damn it! Nineteen fifty five. And by the half way, that's spelled T H E. French. T-H-E-Y are a funny race, okay? <laughs> Do not type in Z-E. You won't get it. <laughs> Z are a funny race. Yeah, and if you're having trouble, go to Half Forgotten Movies. You'll find By the it. way, I subscribe to Half Forgotten Movies because they have posted two oh, movies. I remember. No, I, ha- have, for- I have forgotten. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Almost got you. It has this movie and one other movie. So go ahead and subscribe. We love yeah. it. This is uh, it's great to have the French. They are a funny race from 1955. So type in that malarkey statement into your search engine on the YouTubes and you'll pull it. Half Forgotten Movie is hosting it. Hit the link. Hit pause. Move the timer to zero, zero, zero. We're going to actually, if you need some time, no worries. What I'm saying, we have a celebrity comedian who's going to do our celebrity comedian countdown. This is a pre-recorded bit where Carl has actually spoken to a real comedian. We get to hear a little bit about that comedian. And they will do the countdown and kick it off. So I'm out of here. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Jonathan Justin. Welcome, Jonathan. I'm so excited. This is the first podcast that I ever got invited to that I was able to make because I'm not usually able to make Anthony Quinn's. I haven't done his, so. And you're not usually able to make it because you have young children, right? I I have two kids under two. You are a newbie to comedy, a complete newbie to comedy. How long have you been doing it? Um, Since, let's say, April of this year. I've done 15 open mics. So what got you started? What kicked you off to want to do this? I was an actor for five years before this. Yeah, that was really awful. Uh, it turns out you should be probably better at memorizing lines if you're going to decide to do that. And mm-hmm. uh, so I went into improv for a little bit, and everybody in that community sucks um, and is terrible. So I went into all that, got a got a what Anthony Quinn would call a uh, part-time 40-hour-a-week job, and... Uh, was uh, severely depressed. It's not, okay, the people in comedy don't seem to suck. So you're now part of our clique in our comedy community, and Anthony Quinn is a lot of that, right? Anthony Quinn is a huge part of us. He's my comedy dad. 
he's larger than life, right? So you go to his mic in Clifton. He drives quite, quite, quite a bit to get to that open mic. So you were just on Late Night with Anthony Quinn. Tell me about that. Oh, wow. That was great. I uh, invited a lot of people to come to that. I get one shot with my friends and family, and then I completely blew it on Late Night with Anthony Quinn. So You were up there 12 minutes. That's pretty good time for Late Night, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I had five minutes prepared. Five <laughs> <laughs> You also helped us with our live stream, and you will again. I mean, you're becoming part of everything. I am, and I hope to continue to be a part of everything. And Now, you know, you say, like, you blew your bringer crowd on late night, but I don't know. I don't know. Every time I see you somewhere at, at Anthony's mic, at the Boulevard, yeah. you've already yeah. always got a friend or two. It sort I of do. feels like you guys were young two seconds ago. Like... Just yeah. a little while ago, a couple of years, there yeah. were the bachelors, there were no children, right? Nope. Just a transition. You got to Oh, it was two years ago it all began. I oh, I have two almost under two. They know. They're very well aware of Anthony Quinn. You know, you're very natural. You're very good up there. I know you're new and everything, but there's a way to talk to people in which it just sounds like it's coming from your heart, even though some of it is very prepared material. It, you really, it still comes across like you just thought of it on the stage. Is that from improv and acting, you think? Yeah, it has to do with my inability to memorize things. I have to mix in prepared material with with riffing. And so, Off the that's, yeah, that's why this has worked out a lot easier for me. I wish I just started doing this instead of the acting thing. I, that's okay, what we're JonathanJustin.com, there's no H there. It's J O N A. P-H-A-N. People got to yeah. know. And Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N. Jonathan yeah. Justin, no H, right? No H. It's a weird name, right? It's a weird <laughs> name. There's a history to it. So okay, well, to I want to talk about how people can find you out there on the internet, go to see a show. So it's yeah. JonathanJustin.com. And what about social media, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook? Uh, uh, no. Instagram is at Jonathan Justin underscore live, but it can all just be found on JonathanJustin.com. You just go to JonathanJustin.com. It goes down the line. And then my, I have this online moniker that I kind of developed. It's a U U U John, the three U's J O N. And it's kind of this online community. It's weird. It's what we had going, you know, when we actually had an audience on our live stream, which we used uh-huh. to, which you yeah. used to, and probably will again, because we're going to start to promote. We are. Yeah, you, 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 John. That's yeah. all about you. Yeah. Okay, okay. now, yeah. Jonathan Justin. Yeah. Everyone at home is poised to watch this movie at the same time that we will here in the studio. This is a movie called The French. They are a funny race. We're going to check it out. Okay. Everyone at home must press play at the exact same time we do here in the studio. Right. So why don't you go ahead, Jonathan Justin, and give us that. Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Three, two, one, go. Thank you very much, Celebrity Comedian. And, that was a good uh, check one, out, right? It was a good one. Yeah, check out all that information. Excuse me, here. Wow, this is great. I like this big pause in the beginning of the movie. We can clear the air, let the, the mm-hmm. comedian we just heard about sink, and then start a French movie. Yeah, a French movie. That's really true. This is a French movie. My research on this movie is weak. Because it's so long ago that yeah. you kind of can't relate to the names and the people. 
And then it was a French film. So now it's even another country. So my research is really weak. This is a really long title, kind of like a Wes Anderson-esque uh, Great Dispatch <laughs> type of title. Yeah. This is one of those things, we've had it on the podcast before, where it was based upon like a strip, a comic strip. Oh. This one was based upon like a Charles Dickens recurring article thing, you know. It, it was called... Um, uh, well, it was released as a book as The Diary of Major Thompson. Um, okay, which was in the title. Oh, by the way, Merry Christmas. Noel, oh, Noel. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. First to say to you this season, Michael. Carl, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you, Michael. Oh, okay. Thank you. And Merry Thank Christmas you. to you. No, may you please burn the menorah because you are a minority. And Merry okay. Christmas! <laughs> Merry Christmas! Ooh, so this was shot in Paris. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, and it was written by, directed by Preston Serge? Right. Now, this guy was known for being the writer and director, even sometimes a producer. It was unknown back then. You had a writer, and then right. you had the director who made it come to life. And you had I, a producer who picked the right guys. Oh, is, oh, you know what, Carl? Is there like a CC on this? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm, I I would have to pause it. I would have to pause it to get to it. Okay. Well, okay. This he's just describing Paris is all that's going on. His name is I William Marmaduke Thompson. Here he is, William. Look how English he is. So he has a British accent. Yes, he does. He is ex-major in Her Majesty's Indian Army. Ex-military attaché to the Maharishi of Makwa. And rather a dull chap at best. So he's like freaking out that he's now in print in France. Like he's he's saying he's acclaimed as a French writer and he can't even tell a story. You know, stuff like that. Oh, does he have writer's block? <laughs> that would be a great movie to watch. A writer's block writer? Whoa. And what if he wrote screenplays? No, this will not be that movie. <laughs> Good view. Okay, so he, we finding out that he his second wife is French, and uh, she's the one who suggested he try to get hired as a writer. So now he's going to this company. She's pitching him on it now. Her name is Mar Martine. <laughs> okay, she's the French wife. Oh, New York is where I'd rather stay. She's that one. <laughs> going to be nuts throughout the film. Like, was it the cigarette that gave it away, or? Throughout the whole film, she will be jealous. She will be conniving. She will get back at him at, in a passive-aggressive way. I love it. So this What's is up? his interview. All right. You know, to get hired. And it's like he's talking about his half-French son. And then the French guy is like, ah, oh, poor boy. And he goes, hey, he gets offended. He's not poor. And so that right. a little He's half-civilized and half-French. God damn it. <laughs> And he's oh. going on about, like, we were at a civilization where you were in the trees like the monkeys. You know, he's like, it's a comedy. We're watching a comedy. And we're making fun of the French the whole film. Now, I have to mention, I, this, this podcast are about films that I've always read about but never seen. And that YouTube is a great equalizer and allows me to see the French. They are funny people. A super, super rare last movie, or I think it's last, last movie. movie. Yeah. From from one of the great directors, Preston Surge, who I'm a big fan of. 
And I he was died in show 59. You. This was his uh, 55. If, well, this film is 55. He dies in 59. He came uh, to Paris to make this film to like revive his career. It really was. He had a really strange career. So I have the box set, which I don't have in front of me, but it has like a series of films that he did in the 1940s. All of them like just crackerjack. And, right. you know, they might be problematic. They absolutely, they might be corny. Absolutely. Or, or, but they hold up, absolutely hold up. They and they're do. really, and you would have heard of like Sullivan's Travels. Yeah. And... So, do you know, Sullivan's Travel is not Gulliver's Travels, right? It's a pun. Right. He's no. a, He's like a Peter Farrelly comedy director mm -hmm. who does these wacky, wacky, wookies films and everyone laughs, but he wants to make a serious film, Carl. He wants right. to make a film called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? which shows oh. the real, yeah, hello, uh, the real like uh, uh, America. And he proceeds to, and so he brings this fancy trailer and with a cook and everything, where the problematic part comes. And then he uh, winds up going to jail and serving hard time. Okay. And he has to, you know, break rocks. And at the end, they sit in a tent and they watch a Mickey Mouse cartoon and everyone laughs at this fucking mouse. And he goes, you know what? Comedies ain't so bad. I don't need to make a film about the universe. I just make, you know, <laughs> yeah. convicts laugh at That's Billy really Mouse. So that was the film. And it's a great film. But he, my favorite of his films, and I know we're missing... Him pointing to the That's WCA. all right. I'll bring you up to speed. You let me know, Carl, because I know you told me this is a very talkative film. Okay, I'll just just throw you yes. this in quickly. The joke here is like he goes, "Oh, do you know about the catacombs?" And the French guy's pretending, "Of course, Monsieur. Everyone knows about the catacombs," and he doesn't. So he's going to get the information. He's making an excuse. I'm going to get clean toothpicks. And we watched really the catacombs. You remember? Twisted Monkey, Twisted Obsession. The, that, this... Oh yeah, we were. They were down in the catacombs. This, but they were like in a sewer. Well, it was like a tour of like the famous fishing out the. Yeah, yeah it was the catacombs. Wasn't the catacombs are filled with dead bodies. You see, uh, it was a burial ground, and nobody right. really knows anything about all those souls down there. Like anything, anything. I don't. I never saw. Far below, there was a French movie. There was a horror movie about the catacombs. I forgot what it's called. Like so above, so below, or some shit like that. Uh -huh. But it scared me. I didn't want to see it. Okay, now we have a plot point coming. Okay, it's um. Okay, there's a nursemaid who came with him. He he served in India in Her Majesty's Royal. You know, blah blah blah. <laughs> The woman's auxiliary balloon core, you know, <laughs> with his neck. So anyway, he does not like this nursemaid, and she's jealous of it. Like, you know, he's invited a woman from India. You know, she's suspicious that he wants to have an affair. It's Mrs. It's Miss Fifth, not Five Fifth. Fifth. Yeah. Miss Fifth. Yeah. Yeah, the Brits have terrible sounding names, which I can't spell. Like, you're like, oh, there's two Fs in there? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Or a P, a swirly QP. A swirly QP. Why is there a, not a hyphen? Accent aigu. Well, so that's one of his famous movies. You know, he did uh, my favorite. He did one movie needs to be remaked. It's called Christmas in July. It's like uh -huh. 77 minutes. It is great film. There's an office schlub. The office listens to the radio, 
the coffee company is wants the best logo. And if you get the best motto, you win, you get like a hundred thousand dollars or whatever, some crazy wow. amount back then. And his coffee motto is so and so coffee, drink an extra cup to go to sleep. And everyone's <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so his office mates thinks he's an idiot. So they create a fake telegram, you know, like a fake Twitter. Uh -huh. It says, congratulations, you won $100,000. So he goes back to his New York City ethnic neighborhood and proceeds to buy presents for the entire neighborhood. Oh, dread it. He, yeah. And then they said, you know what? You never won. That was a scam. You need to refund the money. Take the horse, the rocking horse back. Okay. And then uh, his friends feel bad for being an asshole, and, and they intervene. But it's great. It's a great movie. And the coffee guy is like, Macy, go to sleep. That's our logo. You know, it's really funny. <laughs> okay. I, I recommend that one. <laughs> 77 minutes of gold. 77 minutes. Okay, so he gets home and it's all about Mrs. Fifth. You know, she doesn't like that he sleeps in the same room with the kids. And she's like, he will get the asthma. And he goes, no, darling, that's for cats. Oh, is it? Well, some, you know, and someday he might see her undress. That will scar him for life. So she's forcing him to sleep in the den. Now, in the den is all his trophies from Africa. Elephant heads and tigers, all his escapades. You need a separate room for that. And yeah, because yeah. you'll see. You do. It's stuff from India, pretty much. You know? He lives in Paris in like a six-bedroom apartment because yeah. he has two bedrooms full of, two rooms full of this shit. That's right. He's a rich person. He's very successful with writing. Uh, I saw he was saying that in the beginning. They always say that in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Now we have two seconds of love in which she's very interested in what he wrote. She's going to read, you know, read it. She is, uh, she is the sexy, right? They are the sexy. Personally, if you listen to it with the sound, she's really a cuckoo bird. Okay. She's so, okay, here we have the nurse maid that she's so jealous of. This is going to be jealous of. That's part of the joke. And look how she's making the kid like a military thing. See how it's disturbing the neighbors below? It's raining plaster on him. I like that. That is the funny joke. That is the joke. That is the joke. 1955. So Jerry Lewis was, uh, I think, directing his first movie back then. And probably in Falls. In Falls. <laughs> He did another movie, Preston Surge, and stop me at any pop point. Well, called... okay. it's he's a pre okay, okay, go ahead, go ahead. We can no, skip no. it. She's like know. giving feedback on the writing, but go ahead. Well, he did a movie called Hail the Conquering Hero, and okay, this is the one of the best here. movies I love. I recommend it. So, this guy whose father was a Marine, his grandfather was a Marine, they all fought in wars. He gets honorably discharged from World War II as a Marine. And he has to go back on the hometown. And okay. he's on the train. He's drinking. And these Marines come up, including Uncle Charlie from My Three Sons. Okay. And he's like, what's the matter? And he tells them, you know, I'm a long line of military men who fought you know, the wars. the hero? Yeah. Okay, okay. And he goes, uh, but I was honorably discharged. I got to go home. All right, you I got to interrupt you. Yeah. Okay, this is supposed to be a real funny comedic point in which he's, he's got their son parading around like a military man. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so he says, we can't have you go home to your mother like this. <laughs> well, you have to go home a hero. 
So they, the military, you know, they get drunk and they go, we'll do it for you. So the Marines are going to pretend he is a hero. And word gets when, you know, when gets, he gets home and there's a band playing at the train station. <laughs> and there's the mayor with his straps and the, his sweetheart and his mom. And the, mil the Marines love the mom. And the mom loves the Marines. And then at a certain point, he's like, you know what, guys? We got to stop fooling the town. It's been like seven days. Right, right. No way in living hell we're going to tell the yeah. truth. He goes, he goes, uh, Uncle Charlie goes, Semper Fi. That means face the music. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he's crazy. He was. I guess that's what he's saying. Yeah, he's crazy, but he's like psychopath. Like he won't let this guy not not pretend tell the yeah. truth. And it's really funny. And but the best part of the papers movie, are coming on Tuesday. You're yeah. giving a good local interview. You give a local. But the best part is that the the mayor is like this kind of country guy, and he has his. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry, Adam Spiegelman. It has the same hair. You know, my brother. Watch him when he turns around. Adam Spiegelman. <laughs> Look at that. My you brother. See, right. You see how the forward, the head, uh, the forehead is forward. Yeah. Very forward. That's. There. And he go. has the same gun from Buana Devil. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That was a great episode. The mayor. It was a throwback. It was a throwback. Yeah, I, I'd love to watch more fifties, nineteen, three uh, D movies. Yeah, in two yeah. D. <laughs> yeah, or we can get the glasses. Okay, you know, I looked. What's happening now? I guess just gotta let you know. Um, yeah. Okay, he is dictating to his secretary, uh, Mademoiselle, and that's what we're gonna see throughout. This is his writing, okay? and basically, this whole segment is gonna be about how bad the French are as drivers. Did they play music? Is there a accordion playing? Uh, no, it's his like narration. Go ahead, give it a listen a second. Now he's had a crash, got to deal with it. Hey, hey, the fuck, right? You watch the hands going like they're Italian. Oh my god, that looks like a Rolls Royce or something. Got a horse <laughs> on there. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, Carl, real quick, the mayor of the town, he gets impressed. Yeah. He goes, well, dog my cats. <laughs> Wait, don't ruin it for me. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing All right. in July, and I'm seeing Hail the Conquering Hero. Two of my favorite movies. This just so funny. He knows, like, he knows his losers, right? Even this guy's kind of a loser, but he knows, like... Well, the this path. is Mr. Dumont, and throughout the thing, he'll be, he's the guy who pretended he knew the catacombs. Oh, right. Oh, so the writer is talking about his French friend? His he, ami? He often uses his French friend as the example. When are we going to see fries and toast? Fries and toast? What do you mean? Well, it's a French movie, Carl. French toast? Okay. French fries? Okay, so now, like, we're we're getting just all the quirkiness, like, Mr. Dubois not happy if there's a car in front of him. He, and when he goes by, he flips him the bird. Like, he'll go through, there's this, like, <laughs> thing you go like this. You screw in the side of your temple, like, you're crazy. You and another one is tapping your forehead, you see? Now we have driving on the wrong side of the road because he's English. Wait, what side of the road do the French drive on? 
the right side, the correct side, the fucking USA number one side. All right. Okay, France. Now, didn't we steal their national anthem song? Well, the Beatles did. Yeah. But didn't we steal the British one? Like, isn't our national anthem? God Save Our Queen, which is uh, God Bless America. God bless, cross out the word, the no, queen of America. Forties like hit. No, no, no. It's um, my country, tis of the sweet land of liberty. That is God save our queen. <laughs> it is. <laughs> ah, the Americans, they are a funny race. <laughs> oh, look, he's through the forehead the thing. Forehead? Yeah, that's like there. So the guy's making satirical driver to the temple. The friends are telling everybody that they're insane. Go ahead, turn it up a second. Let's see. Okay, that was it. The friends okay. spend most of the time on the road telling each other they're insane and finding out most of the time that they are. That's his... It's curious that this film is like it's based on like a series of humorous writings because we've seen movies like that. I'm not sure how much we've seen on our show. Well, we I saw think... Bla- Modesty Blaze. Modesty Blaze, but I mean like like humor guides, like uh, oh, oh. like there was a boyfriend guide that became a movie. Like he's not that into you, and oh, like right, right. tips of what to expect when you're expecting. It all becomes movies. So they have the uh, okay. The wait, famous... wait, 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 wait. Okay, so he's coming home to Africa, to India in the foyer. The den was cleared out so that the woman could sleep in there. And so now in the foyer is all his trophies. It's humorous. It's humorous. He's got his dignity. Tell me when he's looking in the mirror. Now we're getting complaints about Miss Fifth, of of course. And the whole joke is he's teaching her the wrong history. Because French history, the joke is, like, says Napoleon's great. And, you know, it's revisionist, what he's saying. So she's like, he is learning the wrong history. Carl, what number are you on? Just because I hit pause. Just tell me. I'm on 1901. Okay. I'm on uh, 1909, 10, 1911. Okay. Gotcha. I'll catch up. Okay. Um, Tell me when you're at 18. Okay. I'm past it. I'm 23, 24. Perfect. Fine. I'm right. I'm right behind you. Okay, good. So, well, that's it. This whole thing is her complaining about, um, go ahead, listen for a second. You'll see how sure, of course. she is. Tell me that was like, uh, pardon my English, he said after that. <laughs> pardon my friend. Pardon my English. That's very good, Mike. Yeah. 
Bubble puppy. Dictation, and this one is all about how France is the land of the handshake. It was invented by the English, but the French perfected it. And the joke is they're not like letting go. Oh. oh. Well, it's that's one description of a handshake. He'll go through them all, the French handshake. Yeah, what to expect when you're expecting. Uh... French handshake. Uh, Joyous Sex was a National Lampoon movie directed by Amy Heckerlin. It was actually just the name of just the name. It wasn't based on the book. Well, I read the book Joy of Sex, so that title uh-huh. made it the film. But I got to tell you, it was nothing like the book. It was. Yeah, it wasn't. How no. many? Which did you jerk off more to, the book or the movie? The book. Oh yeah, me too. So now what we have is the joke like. Here's a writer who's trying to get through his thing that's due out for tonight's extra, you know, the late night. And <clears throat> everybody knows it, but they're still insisting that, you know, shaking hands. shake his hand. Here's the stuff about why didn't he shake my hand? But, you know, like making a big, big fucking deal Ooh, about Buster Keaton looking. <laughs> that, that guy looks like every single relative I, when I was a kid. Just scared the fuck out of me. Right. Uh, I shook your hand. Chill out, Grandpa. Uh, uncle, cousin. Phony. <laughs> uh... Bodhi. Cousin Bodhi. Cousin oh, Bodhi! Okay. See, that's uh, when you... Not. You're gonna leave me hanging, brother? That was... Yeah. The 1955 version in French of You're gonna leave me hanging, brother. I am dry. Uh, I'm trying to think of other movies. Well, I have a list, of course. <laughs> I just the like Lady Eve, 1941, The Palm Beach Story. Okay, hang on. All right, so The Lady Eve is Henry Fonda, and God damn it, it was Catherine Hepburn, I believe, and she's uh, she wrecks his life. It's, it's a really funny movie. I think there was a boat involved. And then, uh, what else did you say? The Great McGinty, the I saw Beach. it. <clears throat> oh, The Palm Beach Story. Uh, The Palm Beach Story, 1942. So it's... yeah. He was banging him out. He was banging him out. So listen, Christmas in July was 40, Lady E, 41, as well as Sullivan's Travels. Palm Beach Story was 42, as well as Miracle and fucking, Mor- oh no, Morgan Creek was later. But in 44, he did three. Sullivan's Travels too? Yeah. I, I mean, okay. it's one of those movies where it's kind of, it's cheesy, but it's good. You know, like I, I liked it, you know, but I, I definitely preferred Hail the Conquering Hero, but uh you know, the Miracle of Morgan's Creek wasn't on the box set. It was a really controversial film. This uh-huh. this guy, Eddie Brecken, he goes to town, meets this girl, and then she tells him, I'm pregnant with your child. Okay. And he's okay. like, really? We didn't have sex. And she's uh-huh. like, well, you know, as the father, you got to help me out. So it's the Miracle of Morgan Creek. It's a really good movie. And I, you know what? I could be totally wrong. Maybe I didn't see that movie, but I liked it a lot. <laughs> Okay, so he, I will skip that one because I got one, two, three, four of his yeah. to watch now. I, there was a movie uh, Harold Lloyd did called The Freshman where he was a football player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I saw Surge, that. The Christmas Surge made a sequel called The Sin of Harold uh, Diddlebach from 1947 cool where name. they show the, the first movie in the beginning and then it's like, now Harold's in college. And it's obviously like 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. His age. Yeah, but it's it's good. I saw that on TCM. It's really hard to find. TCM. Is that a streaming? Yeah, well, it's part of HBO. Remember classic Max. movies. Okay. Yeah. 
but they wouldn't have it. You know, their catalog is curated uh, on, on streaming services, and I only saw it because they they aired it on on the schedule. So we're finally done with the handshaking bit, and that she's all typed up now. She falls in love with him, Monsieur Thompson. I gotta say the Pompey story and the Great McGinty have similar have the same characters in it, if from uh -huh. whatever, but I don't really remember much of it. It was just kind of a fast talking. It was okay, you know. I, I, it I wasn't the other so one. great, McGinty. It was McGinty. That's what I rated. That was the, my review. More like the McGinty. Now, go ahead, turn up the sound because they're singing "Rule Britannia." The rules go away. Okay. Hang on, I gotta sit down. Oh yeah, instead of stand up like when yeah. you salute our flag. Uh, wait, I had I my hand on my heart. Is that right? Well, now I have the Canadian anthem. Oh, wait, I got to sit. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I got to scratch my balls. Yeah, we'd be at a hockey game in Canada. And they, yeah. You know, you're in Toronto. And they'll start playing the Canadian. And like, like a good American, you sit. You sit. <laughs> don't want to be disrespectful to Canada. Oh, no. Listen, you're there for your team. They understand. So they're complaining about, okay, the... But Martine has left because she just can't take the noise. So she's going to her sister's house. And meanwhile, they ordered dinner for him. And it's bro bro it's boiled mutton, okay? Like the, wor like the lowest class food. And, um, you know, so what Martine has done is said, fuck you. This woman, I don't want her in my house. That's it. So she went out to her sisters and said, his favorite dish is boiled mutton. You <laughs> <laughs> add the help, serve it up. You know, here she is apologizing, but like with condition, uh, with stipulation, not condition, stipulation. Like what? He's got a... See, boiled mutton is old sheep. It's gamey. It's really low class. And so she's apologizing. He oh, there's a moment of love again. She goes, I did he goes, Did you eat? And she goes, No. And he goes, Why? Are you sick? You know, and there's like he's up. So it's like every now and again the director lets us know they do love each other. Oh, that's good. See, it was a note. I mean, it's well directed then. Yeah, it is. And she's like Claiming she's like she's apologizing, but she's because I'm mad at that old witch. It's like she's not really oh right forceful. So anyway, he goes, "Well, if you haven't eaten and I haven't eaten, let's go paint the town. We can have dinner on on you know." At oh, this is our. I love this. Is my favorite scenes in movies: the mythical nightclubs uh, scene. Right now, Mike. Once again, I want to say, like, I don't know that it was mythical. I just suspect it because we saw the mythical '80s. And I know, right? Yeah, and it so looked it, like the '80s, or what's someone's idea of the '80s? Mm -hmm. What someone's idea of a club in the '80s would have been, <clears throat> right, if they were in the future? Yeah, but I think like there was a staple in the industry, and maybe it still exists, where you would sit down. You know, and I've been to those clubs that like bleacher seatings, but with tables, right? Right. Minor right. entertainment clubs. So you would sit at the table, get your meal, and then like a comedian or a band will play, or there'd be a musical number, and you stop your conversation and you watch 
the little temperance, you know, the singer goes up to every table and there's a little right, temperance, right. is what I'm trying to say. say. This is how you entertain <clears throat> the Spiegelman. Bring yeah. on the women, dancing girls. <clears throat> oh, my my favorite, like in uh, uh, oh, wait, I just got to say, this is kind of plot developing because he's super jealous. You know, and it's it's like, do you love me? Do you really love me? You're a darling for an Englishman, stuff like that. Oh, is she kind of jealous that she's British, the nanny? I'm not sure. She doesn't like the fact that her child is being raised English. Okay, so she was jealous of the first wife, and he's like, darling, please, there's nothing. So now we're going to have a whole segment about the courtship of the first wife, the marriage of the first wife, and the death of the first wife. Finally, it was so it Oh, the death? Yeah, look at those two horses' asses. What a pair of asses. Hey, asshole, move it. No, I'm sorry, I'm talking to your horse. The backside. Now, this, I guess it's supposed to be humorous. He is having a memory of, okay, she's like a jockey. Okay, it's this women's race they were having. Um, and they, like, after the jockey race, they, like, really hit it off. Um, oh. Yeah, jockey down. Yeah, and I just think that was to make a slapstick gag because it's not plot-driven. Well, you know, they get an R rating. They had to drop their jockeys. <laughs> I tried. I tried on that one. When, yeah, when I last time I dropped my jockey was I went <laughs> to the okay. So here they're hitting it off in a comical way, I guess. Look how she's always pretending to be shy, and oh, she is really a crazy. She's a kooky, kooky woman. Wearing a red baseball cap too. That's probably the giveaway. <laughs> Oh, no, that's a jockey cap. Now, we never hear her speak. It's only oh. his voiceover describing the story. Now, when did she join the X-Men, Carl? <laughs> well, this was an earlier time, and as a woman, she did not... She didn't even apply. No women would be in the X-Men. X-Gentleman. So the oh, next anyway. time he sees her is at a fox hunt. Huh. And you see, we're getting a lot of those. Did you see she wipes her, her brow and the sweat splashes? Yeah, that's direction. All that kind of two horses' heads. Look at them. She's cute. Two horses' asses. Uh oh. She's the white horse and he's the black horse, huh? And now what we're going to get is like a big, long, funny drinking scene. And now look at her, how she looks at him, and when he catches her eye, she looks she, away. Yeah, she's bashful. Right. She's used to being in a stable. So he offers her a, a swig of the old, you know, a belt. A you know, okay, now look, she. Yeah. the joke is she's going to really guzzle it down, and we're going to hear glug, glug, glug noises. You know, some guys in the studio are doing that recording. 
we had to drop grapes into a toilet to recreate the glug glug glugging sound Monsieur Sir Jasper. After four, we found that seedless grapes were. <laughs> we're here at Skywalker Ranch in Marin County, where audio recording. I made yeah. the vibrations with a guitar string under the. I hit a bunch of spaghetti against the guitar to make Chris Pratt jump. <laughs> now here's, she's pretending, no, 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 I can't have any more. No, 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 I can't drink any more. Okay, I'll drink. She's too good oh, for this guy. Blood, 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 fucking... blood, look at this. As a professional doctor, I recommend Matlock. We for for our cable show, our public access show from nineteen eighty nine to ninety two. As a professional doctor, I had to give a warning as a professional warning. doctor, and then I proceeded to drink a whole bottle of Jack Daniels. It's it's this show is full of poo poo jokes. There's sex jokes. There's drug jokes. I recommend Matlock. He's a country lawyer. Okay, so now Fresh. she's super drunk. And he is half in the bag, too. He must be relieved to have all that liquid out of his pack. Like, <laughs> right, for the weight of the... You know, that he put it in his hat when he got to security. <laughs> oh, they're now, drunk on horse. Slap, uh, I don't know what the word is. It's not called slapstick. It's... It's slappy. It's, it's choreographed. These horses are like fucking drunk people. I hate drunk passengers. Yeah, right. Not in my cat hack. Hack. Yeah, no drinking Not in my, my hat. hat. No hooch. Well, no hooch in my hat. Not no, no yeah, booze. right. From uh, they, they might, might be, be giants. giants. Yeah. The movie we saw. Not the band. Not the band. No booze in my hack. Says the cab no driver. Booze in my hack. That's right. And on the YouTube, we we turned up the sound for that. Remember, you had us turn up. The yeah, sound. yeah, because I. I it's not every day you hear a New York City cab driver say that. Now we're having more hilarity as they've fallen into a puddle. Now they're I, having a courtship. Should mm. I fast forward to the sex scene? <laughs> I would remind you of the year, sir. Now he's telling this story to his second wife or what, to the audience? Well, yeah, it, he's at the restaurant. And she's like, I'm jealous. There's nothing to be jealous about. She was, well, tell me the story. Okay. You know? Well, then we were in the puddle, right. drunkenly kissing each other and it's, groping it's, our wet pants. It's really for us as the audience. Okay, so now it's still more memory, and he's describing what it was like to suddenly be married. Boy, things were different. She comes down in her bathrobe. He gets a big eyeful of her butt. There's no more kissing. Whoa. He doesn't like to see that? She's been on a horse all day. That's her job. Oh, no more kissing. Get off of me. Before, we were all touchy-touchy. Oh, right, but she's sober. Yeah, that's right. It's not just that she's married. She's sober. So listen, as a jockey, she just wants a stable relationship. <laughs> that's so good, Mike. Gosh, how can I... Oh, that for the open mic stable relationship <laughs> oh you can use it for a roast so i hear you fuck horses 
Yeah. They will... Hey, wait, you were... did you make that up? Did you make this up? Because you didn't. This is a no. known joke. Yeah. No, uh, no, I just, no. I just, uh, listen, I, he, she was is that a jockey. A dad joke? Is that a dad joke? What? Did you fuck horses? Because yeah. you want to have a stable, a stable relationship. relationship. Is it? No, Damn I've it. never heard it before. Damn it. I want to fuck Okay. Listen, well, I don't understand dad jokes. You know my father. I know your father. The jokes they said to their friends, right. they don't want their kids to know. Yeah. They weren't dad jokes. They were jokes. They were jokes told by your dad, but it's usually yeah. to other dads at a bar. So now that he was overhearing the night before the wedding, the advice and counsel that the mom was giving to the daughter, and she was just like, close your eyes and think of England. You know, and the the wedding night so right. what am i to expect mother let him do what he wants what an asshole close your eyes and think of yeah now it's more like now that you're my wife all the cleaning stuff and yeah, well he's tracking dirt blatantly tracking dirt into the house and he's walking yeah. on the rug i'm totally now he's making fun of her slippers oh they're like peter pan they're more like the peter pan yeah Oh, the, the British American. No, now it was Peter Pan. This is the death. Yeah, this Peter is Pan was the... British. What? This Who? is the death. Well, it's like the Christopher Reeves death. You know, he's gonna. Oh, it's cold. What? There's no term cold. I'm not even gonna say it. It's okay. postmodern description. Yeah. Um, tacky. But you were in the middle of something. I totally interrupted. It's just because it's, it's okay. The Christopher Reeves death. Oh, she'll never walk again. She'll never breathe again. You know, uh, you don't hear the horse during this movie, Carl. Yeah, well, the horse he... was a little sick uh, during the filming of this. Uh-huh. He was a little horse. He was a little horse. Okay, now he goes to my to he goes to my first wife, and he goes she goes to your first wife's horse. <laughs> right, me too. He called back the horse. Oh, he did tell the details of them fucking in the pond. I guess yes. This is great. Like a good conversation, and then the band starts, and you have to stop and listen. Yes, that's right. You have to applaud and dance. Oh, wait, it's Ursula. That was her name, Ursula. So she, he goes, to Ursula! And she goes, to Ursula's holes! <laughs> Usually they sing. Uh, right? And they'll Real be like, change. up, Rainbow. in a second reel. Okay, wow. so now we getting breakfast in bed ordered by madame and she he goes like you should try marriage and she goes i would but usually that takes two oh cold so what's the matter now it's the history of napoleon why don't you listen to it okay hang on no i'm a second off so Every school boy knows. Just like when we saw the Monzo movie, Nero played the lute while Rome burned. Like, common knowledge, Napoleon. Well, 
that is to say how it happened. Is he concerned that his son is going to learn the French way? No. He's just saying it's the British way. Napoleon lost. Right. Yeah. Now, Martin, turn it up because he's going to explode. See how he's calm right now? He's been calm. All of a sudden, he'll pop. I guess his hat is ridiculous. Since you insist upon it, yes, his hat was ridiculous, but not as ridiculous as you are at this moment. Oh, no. My breakfast tray was part of a nutritious breakfast. You are a crazy man. Carl, I had a part, I had a really delicious nutritious breakfast. Uh-huh. I had a bowl of, uh, of sugar pops. Great. Yeah, but it was part of a nutritious breakfast. I also had a glass of orange juice, butter toast, a half slice of uh, pineapple, uh, oh. the, the little cherry on it, and then I had flapjacks, uh, <laughs> bacon. Well, I had um, turkey bacon. I had mutton. I had boiled mutton. But it was and I had toad in the hole. Toad in the hole is good. Uh oh. Okay, what we're getting now is another one of those dictation things, and he's saying that, uh, like, it's this France is the land of sweet mistrust and crudility. Like, here's a guy getting married, and he's suspicious of his fiance now we'll have mr dumont again and it's like he'll go through this big jokey routine about like how they're mistrustful are you sure these snails are fresh do you guarantee it yeah oh well that's a really court oh man that is the quintessential french question (laughs) are these snails really fresh look he's doing it right now he twists the hand do you guarantee it this is funny, right? This mm-hmm. is like characteristics. I've seen people do this. Well, what bugs, bugs me a little bit about this film is like every country has bad drivers. They're all bad drivers. There's You could do this joke about there, there are so many mistrustful, you know, there's a guy who pretends he knows where the catacombs are, but he doesn't really. This is like applicable, not just, there's going to be this whole thing on bureaucracy. It's true for every country. And it's all spun here to be the French. He's going to inspect the bill. Are you sure about this? You, that happens everywhere. Now, you know, it's interesting. A film like this where it's mostly like set pieces and anecdotal or like different community pieces, you need like a backbone. And to be uh-huh. fair, it's about him and his relationship with his wife as they raise their kid together. So yeah. that's, yeah. It, it really is. And in be- but that's the real story of the film but it is really second fiddle to all these dictations in which we get his thoughts on the French people. When you were watching this, did you enjoy this? I mean, like, or did it just get to a point? The first time I saw this, like, I didn't get it. Didn't get it. I don't know what the fuck they were talking about most of the time. Then I did a little bit of research and it outlined, like, what the concept was. So anyway... By the second time, I was enjoying it. And by the third time, I was laughing. And this is the fourth time. I don't know. Are you sure this bill is right? Did you <laughs> this place? 
But they ordered 12 onions, and, but the bill says 13 onions. Or is it lemons? It is a baker's dozen you are paying for and not getting the dozen from the I baker. I should get 12 and pay for 12. I should get 13 and pay for 12. It's called a baker's dozen. Here, it's a... But, it's, it, it doesn't... America. It doesn't help the baker. He loses one donut. Some fucking baker one day said, you know what? I'm going to start giving out 13, calling it a dozen, and we'll do business. People will come here instead of the competitor. So that fucker fucked everyone for like, well, like well, I have to do it too. No, it's right. not his thing. It's a, it's like a baker's dozen. We do it all the time. You know what a baker's dozen in, in Canada is? A baker's kilogram. It's the ten point three donuts. <laughs> Celsius doesn't. Celsius bakers. Okay, so now the whole thing is about they're so suspicious and everything. Is the time correct? Are you sure? He asked the taxi driver. He's checking it against the. They're at the airport. They're at the train station because yeah. this is nineteen fifty-five. Right. It never was so glamorous going to the train station. <laughs> Oh, I'll see you. I'm off to fight a war. Are you sure this is our train? We will not have to switch. I assured Mr. Dumont that the train schedule said we would not have to switch. Did you check it twice? And do they have to switch ultimately? And he was right? No, what happens ultimately is uh, the French guy put them on the wrong train. So they watch their train pull out of the station. Oh, that's nice. He, there, he's making fun of him. He reserved a space for his hat, for his coat, a seat, you know. But then later on, that doesn't pay off because they're in a full cab. I don't get the joke. Well, maybe he just—it's a train joke. I mean, if you're not a commuter, you're not gonna. Right. Now he snaps, snaps, calls over a um, worker. User, are you sure we will not have to switch? <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, well, that's my train of thought. You are positive. The schedule is correct. All right. Me it's better to be sure. Quickly, they're boarding our train. Oh, oh then they're going to watch. Well, let's see if he does a good di- directorial. So he's got the camera, moves up to the... Right? That looks great. So is the camera going to no, cut to... Bye. I don't think it was done so great as a director. The joke his, was the joke. You know, a lot of his films are not well staged, in my opinion. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. in Hail the Conquering Hero, when they wait at the train station, it feels like you're watching a play. There's a stage, the train station, and all the characters are standing, wow. like, like one after another, and one says their line, and the person next to him says a line, you know, like they do in comic books. Cheat the, cheat the camera. Yeah. But in comic books, all the heroes line up, and they'll say, yes. did you see that, Aquaman? Yes, Batman. They have to say their name. Right. It was a hot moment, hot moment indeed, dot, dot, dot. You could say that, <laughs> you know, but they all like talk in unison while they go down the line. Weird. Like, you don't see that. Your friends don't stand against a wall and talk like. No, no. It's, if you were watching a play, you would see that. And yeah, if you're right. conscious of it when you're not watching a play. So what we're getting now is something, again, I think could be applied to any country. What they're saying is, like, they, who's they? They know what they're doing. They should check the car before they go. They are trying to squeeze the money out of us. And you know who will pay? You and me. That's what they're up to. They're listening to us, you know. So it's the joke of, who's they? Oh, 
Is this what the French say? Like they have a conspiracy and you just never yeah. know? Go ahead and listen if you want. And and the thing is, though, I think it's true of every country. You know the guy in America who's... I won't even read your letter. I want you to be more polite to madam. So they don't speak in French? No. Check it out. They filmed two films with two crews. They did shoot this in French. Whoa. Seriously. This was oh, no. in France first, and it was a hit in France and was not a hit in England. I have to see the French version now. Fuck, mm-hmm. Carl. I, this movie, I'm still chasing my tail with Preston Surge. I have to see the French version. Okay, it's a good idea. I wonder yeah. who the actors are. I didn't dig that deep. No, but you know, I think wasn't that the case with Dracula? They shot like a Spanish version. Um, Dracula was shot in English and in Transylvania. Which you could tell, like it was total phonemic. He's like, uh, to, e, blood. Oh no, uh, is that blood? Oh no, blood's first. I don't speak Transylvanian. I left the train with no idea who they were or what they had been guilty of or what they. Is it his voice? Is his voiceover the one you're doing? He's saying that it's set in the present day, and he's just yeah, dictating. Yeah, he's dictating to his secretary. They're Who's writing that? a book, you see, and the the French company has agreed to hire him as a writer on spec. He's going to oh, write wow. a book for the company, and they're going to try to sell it. That is so, so strange. So he's dictating. I want to see a movie where a guy dictates his second novel. Which is a series of vignettes and him fighting with his wife. Well, the fighting with his wife stuff is stepping out into real life. Okay, like, for instance, good. right now, she's like, What is our bed doing in the hallway, dear? I sold the bed. You sold our bed? Well, actually, it was my mother's bed. Well, yes, it was, wasn't it? Well, what will we sleep on? Well, for me, I'm having this pull out thing, and for you, what? Uh, your hammock. From Safari, my hammock. <laughs> he could use the antlers, like he can hang the, the hammock. So he will become frustrated beyond belief. Then he'll walk into the dining room and go, "Where is the table?" She goes, "Well, I sold it." <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he storms out and goes out on the town and has great meal and gets really drunk. He wants his shit out of there. Right? Like is that was thinking, You know, I was thinking. Well, it's like the argument is like, I don't have any money. You don't give me enough allowance. And why don't you go ahead and listen? See how she's eating? Yeah. This is all about firing the nanny. Listen, listen. Can you hear that? Okay, mute it, mute it now. He said a tenant of the day, right? Right. He's the man of the house. So if there's a disagreement between us, and it's, you know, I'm truly sorry that we cannot reconcile, but as you know, it is your duty to accept the ruling of the husband. And then she's like, well, I know. I do not want to be a rebellious woman. 
Now watch, I'll go in and find no table. God! God's <laughs> That is a great quick double take too. <laughs> and of course there's a person behind. That's what like the, his comedies were his comedies were funny, are funny because there's people in the room where other people go ape shit. So they have reactions. Yeah, like, you know. So he's doing the town. Ah, uh, the naturals. I'm going to give the English version. Tahini. <laughs> Eve. Ooh, ladies Eve. Uh, hi, my name is Preston Serge. I need to shoot you ladies dancing for a movie I'm doing. <laughs> right away. And roll them. So we're getting, we'll get a whole gag that he's coming home just hammered, shit-faced. And he'll try to get into the hammock, of course, and he will fall. Numerous Pratt falls out of the hammock. The neighbors downstairs will be bothered. Uh, Look at his pretend drunk. What is that noise? Goodness. So she's in the bed? No, she's sleeping on the couch. It's like a rollaway bed. She had some good reason for selling the... Like she just, you know... I don't know. Her complaint was she didn't have money and she had to. <laughs> so we see we, several over and over times we're going to get this pratfall. And even when you're watching the film without us, it's, it's a little tedious. Yeah. Do they have any sound? No sound effects, right? Just falling. You Is hear that a- soundtrack throughout, you know. Not every time. Like we, we listened to somewhere it was just bare audio with them mm-hmm. like talking in the sound studio. He had a good night out. Thank I went you. to Moulin Rouge <laughs> and I heard Lady Marmalade. And uh, now look, you see, this is the concept of the film. He's reading from his notebook and dictating the next chapter to Madame Secretary. You can see the birds in the cage holding their ears with their little wings. <laughs> Shut up. France is a nation divided by 49 million tenants, residents. Desidons. Well, he's the English, so. Oh, this, oh, uh, this union complains it's the bureaucrats, and the bureaucrat union complains it's those guys. And you know, he's just going back and forth about. Ooh, this is all topical. I I don't know. Like, uh, well, it was like the United States has 150 million Americans. Right. And, you know, he was going through the countries, and he goes, "But France has 49 million divided citizens." Well, that's like most of Europe, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing about this. This whole film, it's it's kind of unfair to just say it's the French. Now we're going to get a very fucking long, long segment about the bureaucrats in France, okay? And, like, I'm sure this was hilarious back in the day, but you have this at the DMV today. It's in every country. The bureaucratic system is drag-assy. But it's always funny, right? I mean, like, it's well, in uh, You know the old... Well, go ahead. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was fucking fun. The, the the most recent movie, they had like an extra scene where they added a bureaucracy scene. Like it was based on an old story that Adams had written or like some piece he wrote. I think it was like he was writing the screenplay and they added that scene. 
I, uh, Zootopia. I you ever see Zootopia? Yeah, where, yeah. yeah. You got the, the slugs. Sloth. Where, yeah, the sloth. That's not the slug. So you know what we're getting here. It's like fill out this form, fill out that form. Go to window one on the third floor. No, no, no. You should be at window, you know, window five on the first floor. Do you think it's like really detached to the way this film is set up? Like if this guy was like racing around and he had a deadline and he's getting the bureaucracy one, two, you would laugh at that, right? Like it's, and you'd be like, oh, I hope he gets this thing done. Yeah, you would. You see, that's what I was saying. Like if you're watching this back in the day, this might be hilarious because yeah, so I've been there before getting the run around behind the glass wall. Now, to prove that you're yourself for your birth certificate renewal, you would need two witnesses, this piece of identification, that an unopened utility bill for your residence. Ah, uh, all right. He keeps his hand. Yeah, he's off to find it. Now we'll See, have a little he does keep his hands. He didn't shake off those hands. Right, he's he's a little eight, so we see him go like eight, and then he walks out of the building with his record. I need my see, he's getting his military record now. It's a scavenger hunt, and that'll be the gag for a little bit. Oh, look, best man in trench award from 1917. I should present that. We sure we sure showed those trenches that day, yeah. Carl and I like to make fun of the wars that we weren't part of. But don't you yeah, dare make fun of everything that we were around. That's right. Don't yeah. you make fun of Nam, man. We were slugging it out with Charlie, me and Mike. It was fucked up. It was. That was just last week, as as the joke goes. <laughs> Sorry, that I'm biting I'm biting at someone else's joke. This is a joke like a person who doesn't even know him, some bartender in a bar, is going to be his witness that he's really him. Oh, I got you. Oh, so for the bureaucracy. So now it's, it's, it's still not over, Mike. This segment will now be ongoing. You have to go to that window. Speaking to this, they have Blues, these, Blues con- Brothers. They have these contraptions. You have to, you know, you slide a window open. Sure. Well, they have all these contraptions of how you slide, and you know. I oh, that's what happened with Blues Brothers? They had a at the end of the movie. They had it. They had to get like something notarized before the deadline. Oh they, yeah, yeah. That was the final chase. They were in the elevator upstairs. Yeah, and it was Steven Spielberg. And he was going for lunch, but he oh, went in. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a you know uh, John Landis movie with a director cameo. You see this contraption here? You have to turn the wheel. Oh, I got you. And it's always go to the next window. Go to the next window. How do I work this contraption? This is me when they had like the partition because of the pandemic, ordering food. Like I was ordering food today and I had to go like, we had to speak over the partition because he couldn't hear me. I was wearing a mask and he was wearing a mask. My boss just got COVID. His whole family did. So Yikes. many people. I've been. Haven't you been hearing it tangentially like this guy? Hey, and this guy? I know. Uh, Here's yeah. the next contraption. Yeah, people be safe. It's it's a real thing out there. Yeah, and yeah. my boss described it as advanced COVID. Like the COVID I got was Omicron. Like for a couple uh-huh. of days. I, I think was I got. Like, the, I oh my mine. head! Oh, I'm so tired. Now oh, I'm do so you have any tissue? There's no more tissues. What about ah? Do you wipe it on my sleeve? 
I have this joke. It always works. COVID hit me hard, man. I completely lost my sense of smell. I couldn't smell rock coffee. I couldn't smell roses. I couldn't do cocaine. Yeah, COVID hit me so hard, I lost my sense of cocaine. <laughs> the joke always works. I like that joke. You can't tell it at every room. Oh, I won't. Look at oh, this. this guy, yeah. But this is what they have now. Like, if you got to order food. <laughs> uh, the joke will now wind down finally, and we'll see him leaving the bureaucracy like defeated. Uh, Preston Sturges came to Paris in hopes of reviving his career, which had hit the skids in Hollywood after his partnership with Howard Hughes dissolved in acrimony. Interesting. Interesting. He did some work on Broadway. He wrote a screenplay adaptation of The Millionaires with Catherine Hepburn. Premiered in a play, b- 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 produced, I don't know. Because he was fluent in French, he was able to write and direct a screenplay. The adaption of Pierre Danos' popular novel. The film was based on a popular newspaper column by Pierre Danos' La Figaro. Danos would write as the fictitious major, English major Marmaduke Thompson, who would observe the French, turn these columns into the notebooks of. It was Barbara Stanwyck in The Lady Eve. I uh-huh. incorrectly said Catherine Hepburn. I'm probably Barbara Stanwyck. You know, that was bugging me. Not. Nah. I'm trying to sound lucid and that I, if I make a mistake, I own up to it. Lucidifer. Right. Uh, you got to sound lucid. Oh, I think you said I have to sound lucifered. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the help are leaving. And why oh, no. are they leaving? They cannot stand the nursemaid. Okay, so this is more strength in Marjorie and Martine's argument that this lady's got to go. Now, the whole time he's been saying, I can't just discharge her unless she did something improper or something I felt was uh, not, you know, and something I thought wasn't English, you know, stuff like that. Otherwise, right. I can't morally. So now... Marjorie is like, well, she didn't say she's, okay, like, now that they don't have a cook, Marjorie, I mean, uh, Martine is going to have to be the cook, and that'll be a joke like the bad food, you know, and. So he's like, he's at Zalcatelsa right now? Well, he, not yet, but that day, that scene is coming. He will now dictate again, uh, and this time he's going to talk about sex. It's these movies where it's like we have like power. It's a it's a PowerPoint presentation movie, right? You got to sit it's through the very presentation. Documentary. Yeah, but at what point in the audience where your ass starts to itch, like when you want to get up and go when you're done? Uh, this film li- sustains you throughout. Yeah. It, it once you accept the style of it. I, I do too. It's funny with this like English. Like for instance, he's talking about sex, but he goes. Now I will broach the subject I would never open my mouth about in public. In one country, it's called love, in another called sex, in another called <laughs> psychiatry. And it's like French, you know, it's like as an Englishman, he, see, the thing is, once again, every country, couldn't you do this about Italy? Every country has its pig men in the 50s who would right. let on. Now, look, he's having a fantasy that he has a harem. 
That isn't true for a guy in Moldavia. Come on. We saw we saw a movie where Mickey Dolenz <laughs> fantasized that he was in a harem. Yep. The movie called Head. So that's the point. Like it, that and was America. So this isn't French. Do you know? Would you like to watch the show? It was like it was, a, and it winds up being a birthday party for Michael Nesbeth, and they're yeah. like. Hey Michael, what's it like being rich? He's like, get out, fuck you guys. I don't want you all out of here. And then the hangman <laughs> shows up. He's like, What was Good the name job. of that monkey song? Uh would you like to uh let it go? I guess let it go. I don't know. It's on the soundtrack. Can you dig it? I soundtrack think it's of head. Can you dig it? Is called the is the soundtrack's name. Soundtrack is called head. Can you dig it? I have that song. Is that song? No. By the monkeys? Yeah. Yeah, that's the song. Commercial. Commercial. Damn it. Listen, all we're seeing here is lechery, okay? So he follows the woman all the way and Oh, no, she went into a church. And in 1955, you know, that's like the pinnacle of morality. If this was like a Harold Lloyd movie, like it would be like a synagogue. It would be like, I got to get out of here. She's Jewish. (laughs) We saw Seven Brides, right? Where he had to find a uh, bride. That was great. Yeah. Even though Buster Keaton didn't think it was great. Who, who was in that movie? Was it Buster, Buster Keaton? It was, yeah, Buster. was Buster Keaton. And that's right. Another mistake I made on this show for three weeks. Oh, I kept what? saying, yeah. Damn it. Here's your song. Can you hear it? Can you dig it? But is this the song during the harem? I think it's. Well, he walks. Oh, you know what? I see it is on uh, YouTube. Yeah, there's his harem. There's Mickey Dolan's harem. All we're seeing in the movie, because I'm robbing you of it, is the difference between when a Frenchman vacations at the beach and when an Englishman does. And it's Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the keton. So look. The, the French abuse their liver, and then once a year they go to some health spa and get it purified. Okay? And so that's that'll funny. be the joke of this segment. That's unique. Is it uh, news colony? So. You don't think the Greeks go to spas and the oh. Italians go to, you know, those bath houses to... I'm it's... making a movie called The Americans. They are a funny race. And it's basically... It's now, it's gonna this be... is uniquely yeah. French. What is it? It's called Cupping. Uh, it, there's like an old wives' tale that it's going to suck the sickness out of you. I've I've got cuffed before, <laughs> like twenty like, years ago. It leaves these these marks on your skin. There's the cupping glass. Yeah. Now I cannot help but think. Once again, I interrupted you in the middle of a thought. What was it? It was a uh, can you dig it? Now, this is like the herbal remedies taste disgusting. This I'm sure it does. So many countries. Uh, this is like a pretty penny. Oh, yeah, Kellogg. Didn't Kellogg have his own spa? Who? Senor- Camelot? I'm sure. No, Kellogg. You know, Kellogg. What was that movie where? Right. Um, yeah. The, 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 the stepson. They were trying to make the cornflakes. I never got around to seeing the movie. Oh, you did. Like, it's fun. 
All right, I'll check it out. But he had a health spa. Like, his cornflakes were like health food. Yes, I think Matt Broderick was in it. Yeah. Um, I think Anthony... Saturday Night Live, who would always go, Turtle, Mr. Turtle. I don't know if he was in that one. He was the stepson. Okay, so now we get that scene I promised you, that the cook, you know, she's horrible. See, now uh, the, the... the maid is doing the cooking, okay? Because the wife's was so horrible. And it's terrible. That's awful. She dressed up for this. Well, throughout the whole movie, she will be all done up, yeah. And so will he. Look at him, I mean. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's interesting because we've seen a lot of sitcoms, even now, where there's this premise of, like, the wacky wife and, you know, the American or the Brit. Well, it's sort of like um, Clash of Two Worlds spouses. Oh, there's the food. Oh, look, he's covering his mouth. They're like, oh, no more. I'm full. That's the whole thing. And he says to her, he gets honest here. He's like, I hate it too, but what can I do? I can't kick her out. And then she's like, even if you lose your family? He goes, goodness, what are you threatening me with now? Why don't you listen? Go ahead. Okay. You hear that? Yeah. I know that. I am Even if this is causing you to lose your son. What? What are you talking about? Goodness. There, there. There is the fool. Surely you don't wish to force me to do something I consider dishonorable. Or to play second fiddle in our marriage. Do you hear that? Second fiddle in our marriage. Again, it's that. Anyway, you will never do nothing. Is it an open relationship? No, there is no such thing. Do you think it's because he never he never married a remarried a jockey? So maybe this is a unstable relationship. Uh, Sorry, I'm not saying anyway. Welcome. You can cross that one out. Well, I really was going to go for stable relationship. You should, but but then you said the much funnier line of. Why do you fuck horses? That's much funnier. That would be a stable relationship. You know. Okay, now, he thinks he's going to lose his wife. He thinks his wife is going to leave him because she just did all these threats. And she was like, maybe I will. Maybe next time I will marry a Frenchman. And she storms out. So now the secretary's like, we still must work, Monsieur Thompson. This is where the the weird movie where they have two different threads threads intertwined, right? Like mm-hmm. he's been dictating these antidotes all along while his re- relationship is going to seed. And now this is the moment where the, the secretary the, the, uh, and him, they talk about what's going on. So it yeah. all kind of, it finally ties together. Now, this, this is a 1950s film. If it was a 1970s film, they would like have some sort of sexual thing between them like a kiss or you know why why is she hugging him he's consoling him be strong and brave you can write i believe in you mr major thompson all right so let's continue the french they wipe with their left it's funny they swipe tinder with their left hand 
Uh, they swipe left with their Twitter, but they swipe their butts right. You getting this? <laughs> okay. Now the boss is there too, and he's dictating and he's reading from already typed up pages. And it's sort of his ending. And what he's sending, saying is like, as I'm looking back on this work, there's much I'm seeing differently now, you know, um, in the streets, I'm a dawdler. You know, he, he said that was the French. He looks at the women all the way now, and he talks dirty with <laughs> Major, with Monsieur Dumont about it. He's like, I'm no longer an Englishman. I'll never be quite a Frenchman. I am nothing. Oh, wow. That was my problem, too. Like, with I was like, I'm leering at women because I'm in France and I can't help it. <laughs> you, that was your problem when you moved out to San Francisco. You're like, I am not a Montclairian. <laughs> I'm not a yeah, right, that's a, uh, this new town, interesting. No, it's just, it's, uh, I would never. The San Franciscans with their bureaucracy. Yeah, that's a classic bureaucracy. You know, when you had to get your AT&T bill, you would wait outside the building to open and you would have your check and you would wait in line to pay your bill. Franciscans always blame they, but who is they? And what are they accused of? They have, you know, San Francisco is a beautiful city with some of the most hardcore DM uh, Department of Motor Vehicles. Everyone goes to the city next door to do it, you know. Daily City, they go to Daily City to do it. They go to Oakland. Right, but it's like, this it's fine. I, I like the one on Fell Street in Western Edition. I actually live near that area. And no, the, go ahead. No, great carpet. You sit there and you look at the carpet for like twenty minutes for an hour. It's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. You sit. Do you see a number and it, it advances? Yeah, and they actually they have used letters and numbers. It's all very like swift and they get you on your way. Very nice. Okay, so he's just learned that he's getting published. A newspaper in France has agreed to publish his, uh, you know, as a um, in installments, just like a Charles Dickens or something, <clears throat> his story. So every Saturday there will be a column like Major Thompson looks down snooty on the French, you know. Okay, so now he's coming home and nobody's home for some reason. Where's so you know what he suspects, of course. Surprise party. <laughs> Martine is gone and has taken the family with him and probably just discharged the nursemaid because they don't need him. Right, yeah. You no longer get dependent care when you lose your ass. That's right. Family. You no longer get dependent care. <laughs> okay. Martine! Now, he's defeated. He stopped calling her name. He's pouring himself a drink. But then the phone will ring, and he will hop to it. This is the fancy drinks. This is like your wife left you drinks. Imagine being English, and like even when you're alone, you must put on these airs and, you know, put his pinky up when he's drinking and elbow high when he pours, you know. But it's the whole tradition of, like, you get home, you put your keys in the dish, you put your wallet <laughs> down. Yeah, you're like that guy from John Wick. We were William Defoe when he goes into his brown house. Nope, I don't know because I did not watch all of John Wick. I quit on episode one, act one. Uh-huh. Hey, as the son got killed. The the mob. But you uh you get a drink. It's very civilized. You're gonna get drunk from mommy at home. 
What's that? I was so wick of it. I had had enough. You are wicked tired of it. I'm just saying, like, it's very civilized to come home and get drunk immediately. But you first have to take everything off, and then you have to go <laughs> yeah. to the liquor cabinet. You got to open your it. Rolex. Get the fancy glass. Put on get, your sifter uh, jacket. Get your circular ice cube. Yeah, do the ice pick thing. Okay, so she goes, I have just been back from the lawyers. And he's like, oh, it's dreadful you went to the lawyer without even talking to me. He thinks they're getting divorced. And he's like, no, you don't understand. He goes, let me say something first. And then he, like, professes his love for her. And I'll get oh. the made. Should we listen to it? No. But okay. she revealed, because we passed it. She oh. reveals that the nursemaid... Remember, he was the military attache to the Maharaji, and that's how they met. Well, the right. Maharaji died and left her all his money for some reason. The, the nurse, the nursey. It's 500,000 rupees to the nursemaid, yeah. Wow. Which, you know, back in 1955, France, that's like 100... <laughs> <laughs> that's like 500 rupees. 500 yeah, it's the equivalent of 500 rupees. No, but if you compared the, yesterday's money to yesterday's money, that's like 500,000 rupees. Okay, so now he's like, he was like, what did you have to tell me? And he forgets because he's like, it's you so know, he got published. But now he's going to remember at the restaurant. So now we're having, you can listen now because we'll have lots of lovey, lovey, wrap it up stuff. Does he profess his love for this, for France? Because otherwise I'm not listening. Uh, yes. Okay. Oui, oui. Oh, your table is ready. Cigarette. Yes, I know. There is her son and Richie Rich nursemaid. Now everything's happy. Oh, the son. <laughs> yeah, it's Adam Spiegelman. Yeah. Now he remembers, I remember what I have to tell you. Goodness, I've been published. But he'll knock it down because it's not the London Times. Is it Le Monde? Yeah, that's right. It, Le Daily Review. El Pais? Okay, listen to what he says now. No, no, no. This isn't the sort of thing that interests the French. And the English won't be able to read it anyway. Still, it's another to have your West Paris in the newspapers. Even if it's a French newspaper. <laughs> Do you hear that? It's like, it's nice I'm getting published. It's not that big a deal. It's France. Okay? Don't get excited. But I'm watching her face every time he drops it like that. Yeah. Now, they spent um, uh, 400 cork pressure uh, to get her cleavage like that. It was a big write-up in Wikipedia. Really? Now, viva la France! There we go. That's what I was looking for. I'll rise. Now you see how they threw the champagne glasses? Would you do that in a real nightclub? Uh, at the band. All right, Elfin. 
Now, wait, I forgot to tell you the big twist ending. He goes, maybe after I'm dead, my son can read it in the newspaper and remember fondly his dad. And she goes, well, your daughter will have to, too. And she goes, what? I I'm pregnant. That. And that's our big ending. Love it. It's the daughter of the Pink Panther set up. Yes. At the end of the Pink Panther. Carl, what did you think of this movie? Uh, I enjoyed it. The thing is, if you watch it, you might not enjoy it first time around, like I tried to describe before. But it was fun, and I'm a little... You can miss this one, in all honesty, but I'm a little mad at it because it really could have been complaints about many other countries. Right. Uh, I have to say, like, this is a film where I've always wanted to see it. I was aware of it. I've, I love a certain number of Preston Surge movies that occurred in, like, within five years. He just knocked them out of the park. Uh-huh. And then he became one of those, like, we love you, now we hate you pop culture icons. And he couldn't oh. find work. And, you know, he did that weird bus, uh, sequel to The Freshman. And I knew he had done, like, movies about, like, Lustfully Yours or whatever. But uh, this was kind of new, you know, so I, I, I heard of this film, so it was great to see it, but yeah, yeah, it, it was a little detached. Like it was, it felt like one of those anthology movies, like how to be single, you know, like, right. Well, it was detached exactly in that way because you're, he's dictating and narrating. So you're at 30,000 feet as right. he pontificates about the French and their handshakes. Some would give you a limp hand, while others consider it a contest to be the sturdiest. Could have been any country. But do you think that's weird, though? Like, uh, to, 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 like, hey, America, check out this film. <laughs> you know, like, it's We Make Fun of the French. Well, remember, it was released in France as a French film, and they right. were poking fun at themselves. And then when it was released in England, like three years later, it really didn't do so well. All right. Fair enough. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I'm glad we saw it. You know, now, and I'll I just want to say one last thing. The star was a big sex symbol in France, right? But then Bridget Bardot came on the scene and oh. pushed her out. Well, some fantastic outfit she was wearing, mm-hmm. for sure. Tough. Bridget Bardot. Tough things. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this movie, this French European film. Next week, we are going to be watching a European film uh, from the 50s again. This is a film with Richard Burton uh, called Green Grow the Rushes. Oh, Green Grow the Rushes. Right. So if you're not aware of that song, that ditty, the religious little tune, which I'll talk about next week, it is called Green Grow, like green, like gangrene. <laughs> green grow like i'm gonna grow some weed and then uh smoke it and make the sound and this and the rushes like hey That's did you check day. out the like i'm rushing out here it's a song about jesus it's, <laughs> and they and the ten commandments i mean it's, it's uh now what it's, year again 1951 so i honestly this is a british film and they do not have a movie trailer at all now have, are you going to reveal that it's the old switcheroo you mentioned it up front. Next week, I will be the host. You mean as I wipe my face? Whoa. And I, I mean, I am the host. And Carl, thank you so much for being the co-host. Yes, I'm yeah. very happy to be the host. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, I, Carl, as you know, is the researches. He saw this movie four times in total. Well, this and is also, my fourth. Yeah, to be fair. But you also researched it and provide uh, quotes. 
and, and notables, and we were able to, to entertain. So guess what? I'm doing that next week. It's the old switcheroo. And Whoa. Carl has picked the movie Green Grove the Rushes uh, for me because to of Richard use, Burton. And because of Richard pre, Burton. Right. It's pre-relationship and drinking. Yeah. And there's other people, I'll talk about it next week, that uh, pop up to steal the movie from Burton. And Burton holds his own, but it's like there's some other people in this movie. It's a really crazy film. Uh, but we'll we'll watch it next week, and you can check it out, of course, on YouTube beforehand. Check out uh, Mutiny Radio. Donate to Mutiny Radio at Mutiny Radio on Venmo. There should be GoFundMe if you type Mutiny Radio in the search. Look uh-huh. at Mutiny Radio on Venmo. Throw them a couple bucks uh, and check out their live shows on Monday and Fridays, uh, which is on MutinyRadio.fm is the schedule. And we are on, again, our YouTube channel. We love you. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We are on the podcast, the same acronym. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We'll help you guide you through. We'll be back next Sunday. Thanks, Carl. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, audience. See ya. Let's watch Thank you very much. Uh, this is a lens behind a mirror. St. Francis of Assisi. And if the hangover was all, that would be bad enough. He knows he's being recognized. He sees the questions in their eyes. He hopes he can disguise the way he's walking. But he won't give himself away by flinching when he slips. He hopes no one took photos, knows that phones were surrendered on entry, but also knows Evgeny is the type to hide a lens behind a mirror. Midnight climax, compromat. He must assume the photos, yet more dirt, humiliation. His whole body aching, joints especially, and arse, of course, different kind of pain there. Thought he left all that behind with fives, and even then at least it was organic. Rubbers new to him. Cold. How was he to know? She was presented as a present. Well done, good and faithful. Ev knows what you like, B. Time to shine in youth. Some of them knew what he was in for. But she wasn't like the girls he used to bully at the specky. They were laughing, cheering, cheered her on, through things that hit him. Couldn't meet their eyes that morning. Keeps his head down as he shows his passport. Finds a corner. Closes his eyes to hide from conversation. The whole room saw her fucking him. That's just as bad as photos. People in Ev's lives do not Let's watch.
Back once again, it's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. As you can tell from that fantastic theme song, it's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hiya, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, I I really wanted you to be on the show on Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Great. Glad to have you as a uh, guest once again. Yeah. Thank you very yeah, much. Happy to start the show off like this every week. Every week we are here on mutinyradio.fm. We are streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm. Join us. Listen to us first as we stream first every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know, you could kick back earlier in the afternoon or you could kick back later in the afternoon. What the fuck do I care? But we also are a podcast. So you don't even have to stream, although it would help. Yeah. Uh, it would help. God, how passive aggressive is that? We are at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Reason why we bring up the acronym up front. That's how you can find us on the podcast. And we have a fantastic YouTube channel with the same acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. We would love for you to listen to the podcast and watch the movie on YouTube at the same time. You could turn off the sound in the movie. Who gives a shit? Yeah, right. Listen Just to what? James Marsden. And uh, yeah, so we are going to watch this movie. And usually these are movies I read about, had no access to, had to go by what the book said. But now they're on YouTube. So I don't have to search for it. I could just watch it. It's a miracle. Yeah. The whole fetish. I love fetishizing stuff. I have a collection of physical media right here looking at me back. Maybe I don't want to go for a search. Maybe I just want to see this movie, not read about it. Carl, what is this movie this week? Today, we will watch a movie that doesn't quite fit with that description because you weren't young when it came out. Accidental Love 2015. Accidental Love. Mm -hmm. Accidental Love 2015? Yeah, anything with the 20 kind of doesn't fit your, you know, I used to read about it as a kid. No, but I read about this on AV Club. Okay, so today the legacy Back, continues. Yeah, in 2006, I read about this movie. It was it was made in 2008, believe it or not. I read um, about it two years before it was made. <laughs> Call me a liar? <laughs> not to your face. Okay, so in the YouTube search engine, you put in accidental, which okay. is spelled like the word accidental, love, L-O-V-E, 2015. 
And the channel we like, Accidental Love 2015, is online movie. Oh, that's exactly what I like, online movies. I'm going to subscribe to this channel. It's very okay. descriptive to what is going on. We will be watching a movie. We'll be online. Online movies provides that service for you. So here's what we need you to do. We want you to find a device that has your YouTube on it. Go to their search engine, type in Accidental Love 2015. You'll find a version hosted by online movies. Kind of redundant. Yes. Click the link, but hit pause. Move your timer to zero, zero, zero. We want to watch this movie all at the same time. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. With and you. Carl, Carl's kind of being modest every week. He's not, yeah. I guess I need to stop that bit already. No. What? <laughs> what? Stop a bit? No. Beat it to death every week. Uh, yeah. Carl has written. Carl wrote the theme song. Carl has researched this movie. He's going to provide a. Uh, uh, guidance as we watch at the same time and he's also spoken to a celebrity comedian I who is going to do a celebrity comedian countdown and when the next celebrity comedian says go press go and it's actually going to be really interesting i don't even have a chance to listen to beforehand but carl has delved deep into this next comedian the carl yeah this guy this next guy's from tibet you're gonna really? love him mm -hmm. we tibet, have new jersey here. Well, Tibet, which county? Bergen? It's, it's Sussex, Sussex County. Sussex yeah. County. Tibet, yeah. New Jersey. Okay, take it away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Cassidy O'Malley. Welcome, Cassidy. Now, you, my dear, are super new to comedy. I mean, it's been like two seconds. Like, tell me the story, how you got into it, how long ago, and What's up that made you want to do this? Okay, Carl. So I feel like you you've seen me at my my first spot, Scotty's. Uh -huh. I've seen you there from time to time. So as corny as it sounds, um, doing comedy was actually always in the back of my mind, like kind of corny, my little girl dream. Like my dad, he's a big comedy fan. He always like we grew up like he showed me Monty Python, his favorite comedians, like, and my dad's hysterical too. So it was always just like there. And my entire family, I mean, we're a big Irish family. We got alcoholics, we got everything. <laughs> we have a lot of big personalities in one room, to say the least. So, I mean, everyone's always cracking jokes. And yeah, I just never had, for lack of a better word, the cojones to mm -hmm. get up on stage. And then I graduated college, was kind of just in like a weird, it was still kind of COVID, kind of not, but I was just really itching to like do something that it's I was- really that recent, like 2021, 2022? This past December, it hasn't even been a year, Carl. Wow! And oh also, um, in the midst, I did that class at Scotty's. I'm kind of embarrassed to say. I know, like, comedians get shit on for, like, taking a comedy class. But uh -huh. I just figured, I saw the sign. I was literally driving, saw the sign. I was like, you know what? This is my chance because I can do it in secret. I can get in there, see if I have any skill at this. And if I suck, no one will know, right? Uh -huh. I'm like, this is perfect. And did the class. Actually, the class was great, too. Like, I loved it. it Chip and Ambrosio we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Shout out, okay. Chip. 
great mm-hmm. guy. We're doing a fundraiser there too, September 22nd. He'll be hosting. Okay. So definitely come through if you're not busy. Um, so I did the class and like literally from there on out, like I was addicted. Like I was like, let's do mics, like let's go. Well, so that how were you at the ever. showcase? How was the reaction to you at the showcase? Did you feel? Um, pretty good. I didn't invite a single person, which I know that definitely made Chip um, and the rest of the class annoyed. But I was like, guys, like, I don't know what I'm doing. My biggest thing, even to this day, I'm super self-conscious, inviting friends and family. Like, I enjoy, I'm sure you can relate. Like, I mean, I don't know. I enjoy performing for like strangers like people Mm -hmm. I don't know I find it kind of distracting when there are like your best friends per se in like the front row which I mean I love it I want everyone to come but like for me as a performer it is kind of a little distracting can you relate to that at all yeah can you get nervous you have yourself you're distracted by um, uh, your self-conscious and when you get up there it's like if they're strangers, it kind of doesn't matter because they're not going to see you again. And they don't know who you are. So you could be anything for them. Exactly. All and Carl, I'm 24. Like, I fucking love my friends. But, like, some people have never been to a comedy show in their life. You know what I mean? Like, I got to give the girls a little pep talk. Like, yo, like, no phones, no chatter. Like, no, like, mm-hmm. no getting, like, absolutely wasted. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Sometimes me as, like, one a performer and two just kind of a micromanager i'm like ooh, it's a little added stress that Mm -hmm. like adds to the stress of performing you know what was your major because i know you came from a place in which comedy was common in your household like was Mm -hmm. your major anything to do with like my major was basketball basketball so it was that's (laughs) kind of performing my actual major was um Oh, you're I was a communications major, which is like the classic. That um, is. Yeah. Okay. But really, I just was like kind of phoning it in in college. I went to Ithaca mm-hmm. College, like loved it there, played mm-hmm. basketball. And then even crazier, Carl, also another secret I don't tell comics, but it's out here now. I have my MBA, uh-huh. which is like crazy. I was actually working on a bit about this, but I do have my master's in entertainment and media management. So I feel like I'm very much so like kind of in a way utilizing a lot of the skills I got there now doing comedy, you know? So if you're 24, you must have graduated and gone straight into the master's immediately. Yeah, because it was COVID. Uh Uh-huh. So did you do it online, I guess? Because... Yeah, so um, we did... Actually, they had it set up really nicely for us in which we could... I was still in Ithaca. I decided to do it, yeah, basically even before I officially graduated because I was the marketing major and like I really figured out through internships and stuff that like I really did not like that world. Like it was Uh just kind of fucking corny in my eyes of just like, I don't know. Like I wasn't into it. I had two sort of internships and then I saw the entertainment and media management like, option to get my master's and I'm like that's for me because I love pop culture I love entertainment movies tv it is just it's like what really does get me like excited to go and like learn about that kind of stuff the marketing like I said I mean in college I was just kind of like 
I'm a social butterfly at heart. Like I'm coming to class and just like chit chat, like what's up. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the communications major was great. It gave me like great public speaking skills, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, marketing, like I kind of like came to the conclusion. I'm like, I'm not that into this. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't cause you're bullshitting people. That, that isn't the reason it turns you oh, off. No. Okay. I'm good at bullshitting people. <laughs> okay. You know that. Now I was going to go on to ask you about how you're getting books so much. Cause I see you on Facebook and Instagram, not Facebook. You really don't do Facebook. I see nah. you on Instagram and you're promoting the shows that are coming up with, um, uh what mike lauro and um I, I forget exactly but but no how is it that you're getting books so quickly i mean you do well at the open mics is that where people are giving you these offers i think this honestly goes back to our previous point of bullshitting girl like i feel like it looks like i'm getting booked left and right <laughs> but like i only have like one show book for september like it's not that crazy. Uh -huh. It's not like I'm, I, I don't even have a consistent show every week. Like, okay. I mean, I wish I did, but yeah, I think like you were saying, I just kind of have a bit more social media knowledge than the mm -hmm. average comic, not like no disrespect to any mm -hmm. comics, but like I am just 24. I was a marketing major. I still feel like I'm pretty shitty at it, but <laughs> so I just like post, like whenever I do something, I went on um, my first kind of road date in Charlotte. Cause I did a show at the dojo. Mm -hmm. My friend Gerard like gave me this sick opportunity. So once again, it's like, I'm obviously going to post that. Cause then people see it. It looks like I'm doing big things. Like that was my one time oh, being out of the Northeast mm -hmm. and like, God knows when it'll happen again, but <laughs> yeah, it's all, it all goes back to like marketing yourself and like, yeah. promoting, you know, I'm still like, I still struggle to cut clips to do all that shit. So I'm glad it looks like I'm killing it. Like, it. <laughs> now I want to get to this countdown. I know that's true, but still I got to ask more. Where do you think you want to go? with this i mean it's your your it's not even been a year but now that you've gotten the feeling of doing setup punch everybody's out there that's a room full of strangers they're laughing where do you where do you think you want to go where do you see yourself going i don't mean in five years i mean like what's your next step in comedy do you think what are you striving for well i'm striving for everything carl i want to do it all i want to just really grind i want it to be like i'm still working I mean, I don't know if you can tell by this backdrop, like I am in like my, my childhood bedroom. Like I'm still at my dad's yeah. house once again. It's very understandable at 24 years old. Yeah. No problem. But I am working on getting a place of my own in Jersey city. I've been going into the city more to do those spots. Um, yeah. I mean, in the immediate future, just want to book more shows, you know? Well, like some people like they want to do a TV pilot. Some people want to do know. a webisode. It, I, that's why I meant where were you going? You want to be a booked working comedian. I like to do stand up. Yeah, I do not have. Oh, well, also, I want to have a podcast as well. I mean, this is cool. It's first time doing like anyone's podcast. Wow. I want to have my podcast, but really my one love is like the stage and uh -huh. just sort of like keep writing, keep getting better. Like I said, I'm very new at this. So like every time I get on stage, I'm sure you can relate. Like I'm learning something new. I'm mm -hmm. finding like 
kind of my voice. I've been lately just more comfortable on stage where I'm a bit more unhinged. Like I do more crowd work. It like still very green in terms of the industry. And like, I mean, I just fucking love it. So mm. I want to just keep doing it as much as possible and like keep getting booked, you know? Now, I bet you don't have a website, but how can people find you out there on the internet, out there on social media? Certainly Instagram. You have TikTok. How can people get in touch with you? How can they check you out? That's a great question, Carl. And one, I am working on the website. That will be fired up soon. Very nice. Um, Cast Comedy on IG. TikTok, I'm not great at it. Once again, it's a little younger than my age. Chastity O'Mal, I believe, is my handle. Chastity. Chastity O'Mal, I think I'm meeting in college. There's a lot of bullshit on there. Yeah. A lot of just like nothingness. But um, yeah, you guys can find me on there. And Carl, hopefully I'll see you like at a mic or a show. Always, I'm sure. That. We it rub was, elbows all the so time. Thank you so much for having me. This was sick. And I, I will definitely like talk to you more um, about the back end of things. Like when I see you next. That sounds perfect. Okay, now Cassidy O'Malley. Everyone at home is poised to press play at the same time as we do here in the studio. We're gonna watch this movie together. Okay, so why don't you go ahead, Cassidy O'Malley, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Hell yeah, I hope you guys really enjoy this movie. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal, quite a snack, quite a (laughs) nice face to look at, right? All right, guys, enjoy the movie. I am gonna do a countdown and here we go. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, celebrity comedian. That was really cool, Carl. Thanks so much. Yeah, uh, thank you. We're going to start our movie from Mongrel Media. No, no, it's not. I mean, that's a promo thing. Yeah. Now, now we're seeing the real film. 50s film. I don't like this movie already. <laughs> well... When we open up, we're actually not watching this movie. We are watching B-roll footage from the film Mr. Deeds in 2002. Oh, the Adam Sandler movie? Yes. yes. <laughs> A few years ago. I, I got a house. My name is Mr. Deeds. Now, this is they, this starts out in Indiana, the hometown of our heroine. But okay. really, this is New Milford, Connecticut. And it's B-roll footage from the remake of Mr. Deeds in 2000. Here, what we're watching. Yeah, I don't think Sandman would leave the tri-state area to make a movie, right? <laughs> no. No. So this is all Mr. Deeds. Okay, I mean, I guess it's over now. Now okay. we're into our film, Principal Shooting. This started in 2008, even though this movie didn't release till 2015. It was a mess making Tell me. this film. Tell me more. Well, I mean, they kept running out of money. You see, they started shooting in 2008, and the guy who provided the finance, who's a, who was a, who's a powerful man, but he was young to Hollywood, new to Hollywood, right. he claimed that the 2008 bubble, you know, like real estate bubble or whatever it was, the, the um, uh, what is it, default credit swaps, whatever that was. Yeah, the big short. Right. So, right, the big short. Uh, is fucking with their financing and the producers had to take 50% pay cuts and stuff. And uh, anyway, this thing didn't finally get done until released until 2010. And the director was like, screw it. I'm Alan Smithy for this film. I'm not even gonna. He's Alan Smithy. 
Now, this is not just any old director, right? This is no. not like some guy who just came out of it. No. I mean, we, we're looking at the list of people starring in this movie, and it's a fucking motley crew of actors. That's right. This is a major motion picture. David.